Hi, my name is John Kim. I'm a therapist who went through his own rebirth many years ago, and I've been documenting my journey ever since, sharing my life lessons and revelations. I believe in casual over clinical, with you instead of at you. I come unrehearsed on purpose because self-help doesn't have to be so complicated. Before I get into the four common pitfalls we fall into in relationships, slash if you're doing these things, you are crippling your relationship, I want to remind you about um, this one concept that uh, changed my life. And I think if I was to think uh, to think about one thing that has, uh, if I was to pick one thing that significantly changed my life, of course, there are many things, but if I was to pick one, it would be this idea of um, going from uh, a chasing state uh, to an attracting state. And in my 20s and, and half of my 30s, I was in a chasing state and uh, nothing good happened to me. And once I went through my rebirth, I uh, was able to change my state through practice and um, then stars started to line up and it wasn't like uh, things happen overnight, but I really believe that there's power in our state and if we start living on a higher frequency, our potential goes up and through that, I think we start attracting um, you know, the people we're supposed to meet, uh, opportunities, all of that stuff. So um, I put it in a, an audio course and I it's just like this podcast, just uh, super casual, like I'm talking to you in a coffee shop. Um, it's called Attract vs. Chase and you could just click my bio link on my Instagram and you can find it there uh, or just go to my website, theangrytherapist.com. So after listening to this, if you're interested in changing your state um, or you're curious about how I did it, um, all the how-tos and all the, the, the concepts under that umbrella of changing your state I put into an audio course. So check that out. Okay, let's talk about your relationship. And if you're not in a relationship, let's talk about, um, well, if you're not in a relationship, let's just, uh, we don't have to talk about why, but we can talk about, um, I can talk about this and you can uh, put it in your back pocket for when you are. All right, deep breath, John. Um, after the the uh, initial spark, what people call the honeymoon, and after you, you know, the excitement of meeting someone new and exploring uh, a new body, a new mind, a new perspective on life in the world, and and all of that, which is great, which is all part of, of, of I think, a relationship, even though it's early on. Um, but after the magic does fades, and uh, what emerges is, you know, reality, and, and, and the, uh, the recess bell rings, and we have to go back to class, meaning the actual building of a relationship. Um, I think this is where the real, where the real work starts, you know, and... I say this is where the real world the real world starts. Well, that too. The real world starts, but the real work starts uh, because all, this is when all our shit comes up. You know, this is this is past um, the infa- infatuation and um, excitement of something new. Um, this is when you start to see the dirty socks on the floor, or the contrast, or um, Oh, you know the, the you start to see reality right and and you realize that love is a choice and not just a feeling and so things that come up are, are like your past and you know um his wiring your fears family dynamics uh attachment styles um um 
love languages, old tugs, uh, definitions of love, you know, all of that shit, comparing um, the wiring or reactions from previous love uh, experiences, your fears, all of that. So when that happens, it's like the the road forks and you can snap back into who you used to be um, and that will turn into a cycle or a circle patterns and basically this relationship um will start to fall apart and and uh you will repeat uh well the only thing that that will change in your life are faces because then you'll go into get into another relationship and of course um all the excitement dopamine and after that the real work begins and then you go through this, this pattern again or you could take a different path and that is what's going to lead to a brand new love experience and that different path requires work and this is what i mean when i talk about swimming past the breakers you know the the uh the resistance of all the stuff that comes up the turbulence you know um and the reason why it's so hard is because you're now creating new tracks new imprints and new experiences and in the beginning i think it's rocky because you're not used to it you know um but i think if you uh, really uh, work on it, and, and by work on it, uh, wor- work on yourself first. Um, then it will unfold, and uh, the the relationship will build, right? And if if there are solid things in that relationship, uh, then it will bl- blossom. It will it will grow, um, and then from that, you will create a new love experience, uh, which equals new definitions and all of that. So. That being said, um, I want to give you these four things to look at as you choose to, and hopefully you choose to seek um, a path that, although difficult, um, is worthwhile and going to create something healthy and sustainable for you. Um, so these are four things, and you know there are many, but they're just things that I really think uh, are, are are fundamentals. You know, it's soil. So if these things are happening in your relationship, whether you are doing them or your partner, then you are crippling your relationship. So these are four things to explore. The first one is if someone is combating. Um, their partner's self-expression with defense, right? So whether it's you or your partner, if you are always combating your partner's self-expression with some kind of defense, you know, if you turn into a lawyer, um, and, you know, sometimes we do this and that's okay, but I'm talking about, you know, when, when most of the time you're doing this, what's happening is you're not holding a safe space for your partner to be hurt. And that space that is held is crucial because that is um that that's what produces trust and glue you know um if you're not holding a safe space then you're not um producing connection so instead you are disconnecting with your partner or your partner's disconnecting with you and um the relationship kind of becomes a one-way street and this is when because uh, if you're really defensive then it's then what you're basically doing is you're you're you're, you're talking at your partner um, and you could be, you know, as kind as you want. Um, defense isn't obvious sometimes, right? It could be a subtle defense, but if if you're not taking ownership, then you're being defensive, right? So then the relationship becomes a one-way street with potholes. Um, so if this is happening, if people are always being defensive, <clears throat> there's not going, there's, there, there isn't, you can't be defensive and take ownership at the same time, right? Like those, those two cannot live in the same space. So, um, 
without ownership, there's no evolution. So you got to stop combating your partner's self-expression with defense. That's number one. Number two, this one sounds obvious, but uh, oh man, it's so prevalent in 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 um, all the people that I coach. It just it just it's it's just there. It's become um, a fixture, and that is how we harbor or hold anger and resentment. And I know um, there's a lot that happens, and there's a lot to be angry about, right? That's fair. You know, we're people. We get angry. We get hurt. Uh, anger usually comes from some kind of hurt, but holding it, harboring it. We have a responsibility in our relationships to not harbor the anger and resentment. Um, most people or many people, uh, they hold on to the anger and resentment because um, they don't have that muscle of expressing how they feel. And that's fair. I get it. And that's probably because they didn't grow up in a space where they're able to exercise that muscle. So a lot of times we hold in our feelings and sometimes we'll, we'll, you know, be angry at something and and we convince ourselves it's not that big of a deal and they just become um, stones in our shoe, right? Like uh, death by a thousand paper cuts, like, oh, it's just whatever. I'll, you know, I'll just uh, deal with it, that kind of thing. And what you're doing then is you are putting hairline cracks in your relationship the anger and resentment they they don't just dissolve you know they just they get they grow and they grow and you're just putting more uh marbles into that jar until just you explode so you got to stop holding on to anger and resentment you have to talk about why you are angry and you don't have to come at them defensive um you can you can express how you feel uh, without blaming, right? It's important. It's a responsibility. Um, and it's what doing life with someone looks like, not around. So, you know that saying, never go to bed angry, I think is totally legit. I don't know how possible that is because, of course, there are days you're going to go to bed angry. And you know what? There are things that, you know, maybe aren't that big of a deal um, to bring up, right? And that's something for you to decide. But if... Um, you have a habit of doing that and you don't ever bring anything up and you just suppress shit, um, you're going to cripple your relationship. So talk to your partner, choose to forgive, um, tell your partner what you believe that you need and maybe it's an apology or maybe it's space, I don't know, but whatever it takes to start letting go of anger and resentment. Three, you have to start building your own life. Um, a lot of times relationships get lopsided because we put our partner first in everything or you know our partner slash the relationship. Um, instead of doing life next to each other, we now um, put someone on a pedestal and they become or the relationship becomes the sun that we revolve around. And I know there's something kind of like romantic about that you know this idea that uh, we um, fall in love and and lose ourselves and and uh, you know and I used to be that way I'm a hopeless romantic and it feels amazing and of course um, you know the the idea that that um, your love and the love that you're building you know is everything I get the romance um, behind that but uh, it isn't necessarily healthy if that eclipses 
you and your passions and where you want to go. You know, love is not about two people sharing one life. Love is about two people coming together to share two separate lives. Imagine um, an engine and two pistons pumping, and the the pistons pumping side by side is what drives the engine forward, right? And so I've ex- experienced both. I've experienced uh, codependency and losing yourself in someone. Um, not only losing yourself, but also losing your life. You know, and all decisions. Are uh, hangs on the the relationship and your partner, and if you do that, you can easily become invisible. And if you become invisible, then suddenly um, the dynamic of the relationship is going to change. So, you you have to build your own life. That can't stop. Um, everything that you were doing when you were single shouldn't stop. So, whatever you're passionate about, whatever lights you up, um, I I always say, uh, where are you going, and then who's going with you. You know, um, and I don't mean that like in an, in an arrogant way, like, you know, someone's going to have to follow you and you're not following them. That's not what I'm saying. Everyone should ask themselves, where are they going and then who's going with them? And if you reverse that order, like I did back in the day, uh, then you'll be going alone and you'll be going alone because you're not um, in a relationship being a whole self. You are in a relationship losing yourself, if that makes sense. All right. So that's. Number three, and the last one actually I think is the most important because without this, all of it doesn't matter. And the last one is um, your relationship will be crippled if you don't have a level of respect for your partner. And I know this sounds um, obvious, but so many people that I coach realize that they've lost respect for their partner. And it could happen over time, you know. Um, you can slowly lose respect for someone because um, of what they do or their values or where they're at. Now, of course, it's not like if, if you realize that you don't have respect for your partner to just bounce. That's not cool and that's not doing the work. Um, it's exploring that, right? It, it's exploring why that happened, um, what it's going to take to earn the respect back, you know. Do you no longer respect your partner because... Uh, she cheated on you? Do you no longer respect your partner because they've lost ambition or fire? Do you no longer respect your partner because um, they did something uh, abusive? Or is there anger, resentment? Like what's happening where the respect has dissolved? Because here's the thing. Respect is ground zero. If you don't have a level of respect for your partner, then you're going to create a space where um, there's going to be bullying and you're not going to see your partner on your level and when when that happens you're you're gonna you're gonna treat them poorly you know it's like when when we were kids um if we didn't respect i mean you know with kids it's obvious you know the 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 kids that don't respect someone um whether it's their teachers or their peers they treat them like shit you know they they bully them they walk all over them they you know um, and of course, a lot of that stuff comes from their own insecurity and all that. But when you do respect someone, you could see how a kid treats, um, whether it's an elder or their peer, uh, someone they respect, Respect. They, they, it's a complete different relationship, right? And so this also happens in our romantic relationships. As, as adults, when we don't respect our partner, um, we may not even be aware of it, but we start to disregard them. We start to walk over them. We start to talk over them. We start to um, bully them, 
treat them poorly, basically. And when that happens, of course, the relationship is now lopsided and it's going to cripple your relationship. So these are four things to look at, assuming you are choosing um, to work on yourself. And by working on yourself, you are working on your relationship. And so with these four things, instead of, because now everyone naturally goes to, oh, it's my partner doing these things. Um, Go to you first. Look inward first. Are you combating your partner's self-expression with defense? And if you are, what would it look like to stop doing that? Um, Are you harboring anger and resentment? Are you not building a life? Do you even have a life of your own? And are you not, uh, or do you not have respect for your partner, right? Um, If any of those resonate or sound true, I would uh, put those priority on your list of things to work on so you can swim past the breakers and create a, a new love experience, which can then, of course, change everything. Thank you for listening. Uh, if this was helpful and you think it, someone else can benefit from this, um, I encourage you to share it. Be well. Listen, if you are great at helping other people and you have a passion for that, and you want to find personal freedom and level up the skills you already have, it's time to become a life coach. Journey coaching. When I became a coach, there was nothing like this out there. And so I developed this coaching training program alongside Noel Cordo. Journey coaching. That's J-R-N-I. And it is amazing. It's 100% live. It's everything that I wish I had when I was starting out. Meaningful, evidence-based education, real people, real community lifetime support and business development, ICF certified. Just go to theangrytherapist.com, my website, and click on Become a Coach and explore the Journey Coaching Intensive. See you in class.